trap money, money. Hey. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you'll never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want ya. And I need ya. And I'm down for y'all. It's KB. Do you love me? Are you riding? Say you'll never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want ya. And I need ya. And I'm down for y'all. It's hey, 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 hey. Let me stop. I don't even know the words. <laughs> okay. So, welcome to the podcast from A to Zai with Ziana. I am here today with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Trinity. <laughs> don't just like that. Trinity Hughes. I'm here with all three, the Blessed Trinity. Um, and we have some tea for you today. Don't we, Trinity? Yeah, we got some tea. You know what? Don't even act like that. Okay. So, first and foremost, I was trying to mind my business and live my best life. And I opened Twitter and I see that Kylie Jenner has been named <laughs> a what? Self made. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, because I can't find the words. She was named a what? Self made. Self made what? Billionaire. Or millionaire, whatever they don't say. Jesus, I want to know when and where and how and what. Like, when did she become self-made? I I don't even know. They just make up stuff. People just make up stuff. I mean, because she was had money well before she made her cosmetic line. Her family show, yeah, like. They had money well before then, so it's a lot easier to make this cosmetic line that she got. And obviously, because they got a TV show, everybody just want to get their stuff. I mean, the spirit knows that I'm not hating, but... Yes. However, comma... What? (laughs) I can't. Girl, I scrolled past that. I said, girl, bye. I cannot. And then when I seen that they're called a power couple... Who? Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner apparently are a power couple. What? Girl, you was filling me in because I really missed that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, because I just, when I was downstairs, I just saw that um that they were on, they were in GQ. Yeah. You know, some people, I had to go scroll through them comments. They was just like, I mean, besides them having a baby together, what do they have? I was like, whoop. Let me leave these Ooh, comments. Child, the ghetto. <laughs> I had deleted comments. No. You know what? I can't. But but see, that's not even real tea because they're not even on my radar. I can't keep up with them. I don't even know what's going on. The Kylie Jenner um, pregnancy announcement video that was cute. That was cute. Girl, like you say, you're not even keeping up with them. I definitely didn't because I didn't even see the video. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well. You are really, you've really left them alone. I haven't. <laughs> but okay. Moving on, moving on to more trash. Um, Azalea Banks. Yeah, she's, she done went on wilding out and really wild out after that show. <laughs> <laughs> after that show. She's <laughs> got Twitter fingers for days. <laughs> yeah, she definitely made a fool of herself. You know, all. They was just, she was just going on Facebook, everything, just Instagram, whatever she got. She had to go in there and say that they did her dirty stuff about being dark skinned, all this other stuff. But I'm conflicted because she wants to use the whole dark skin thing when it's convenient. Like, I recall her telling a darker skinned fan or a darker skinned girl to go pick cotton. Yeah. Like, what? That didn't even... Sis, what does that mean? Like, what do you... Sis. Who, Jesus. Who, child, the ghetto. The ghetto. Mm-mm-mm. I can't. But, yeah, I just... I'm trying to understand where she's coming from. Like, 
I get the hit below the belt, but like it's wilding out, right? Yeah, that's what they, they joke about a lot of crazy stuff all the time. So it's just like that's what you signed up for, sis. Yeah. Who Lord the ghetto? But from what they said, all they did was call her ugly or something like that. See, they don't need to be doing it. And I guess that's what really ticked her off. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, Amelia Banks is just a mess, and I have no words for her. She just, she comes for every, anybody. Little kids came for, Scott, what's her name? Sky Jackson. Mm-hmm. I'm like, she came for her. I was like, dang, there's no age, no nothing limit to who she be coming for. She just want to come for everybody. But she came for Nicki Minaj. Okay, to, I can understand coming <laughs> for Nicki Minaj. Everybody, her, and Jocelyn, you know. See, I can understand coming for Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mm, yikes. Um, I met with Joe Platania yesterday in Charlottesville as a part of the um, Real Justice Pack initiative that was started by Sean King. And it's like an effort to um, elect more progressive um, and like m- just like more progressive DAs around the country who are ready to like put their foot down on um criminal justice reform and larry krasner the da in philadelphia has created this super dope and radical um like platform slash memo that he has started in philadelphia and honestly um the biggest thing that most people know it for is you know working to decriminalize marijuana and um like you know simple possession and stuff like that so i think that's important and i think that's something dope that we could do here in charlottesville um a lot of times more recently you hear a lot of people talking about nonviolent crimes and how there are so many people who are in jail or in prison for long periods of time for nonviolent crimes it's crazy somebody could be out here killing somebody and they don't even get as much time yeah Yeah, and yeah and that's like that's a real problem so i think that what larry krasner is doing in philadelphia is definitely something we could do here in charlottesville and i just think that if we want to you know claim that we are such a progressive city and that we have you know so we i mean honestly back in the primaries um for for the 2016 election we voted for bernie like charlottesville voted for bernie widely so i mean clearly we want to be known as progressive and we show that when we get into the to the to the voters box but when it comes down to it like our policies and that they our practices are they progressive and that's what it like localized government and localized policies and the way that we lobby for change here in our town and in our city and in these local offices is what really is going to matter. I think the most, yeah. especially in this Trump era. Um, so and it's always been important, but even more now. Um, so we met with him and I was actually, you know, surprised to see um some of the work that he is doing or some of the work that his office is doing around, um, you know, mental health. So yes, that is so very important. It's really important. Yeah, I think so too. They have something called, um, where they're trying to build upon something called a therapeutic docket. Um, so on the surface, you know, having, I think where, where it starts to get a bit problematic and not just with our localized um, offices, but also like nationally with therapeutic dockets or mental health courts for drug related charges. I think it starts to get a little, a little problematic when we try to identify people based on risk. And so during the meeting, it came up that there is a difference between a low risk person and a high risk person. But the issue is that like when you say someone is low risk usually that's someone that was defined yesterday as someone who you know is just using drugs um for recreational purposes maybe one or once or twice and one run-in with the law will you know help them realize that oh this is a bad decision but it like it makes me think well i mean I don't know. It's just because I feel like black and brown bodies are not given that same benefit of the yeah. doubt. 
like we're seen as high risk and that's it like their mental illnesses and all the other stuff really don't matter and it's just it just goes unnoticed exactly and so the the difference between high risk and low risk is like essentially with the people who are identified as being high risk which usually or historically are you know people who are black and brown low income they are the people who are more so micromanaged by the state with the structure of this therapeutic docket so it gets kind of really dangerous because it seems like oh you know on the surface mental health is something that we want to work on and something that we want to give resources and energy to but if you're going to be over policing and micromanaging people who already are identified as high risk then you only what is that doing for them (coughs) right then you only um are just making them have more run-ins with the law more interactions with you know state sanctioned violence essentially um, which tears families apart and while everyone's talking about you know keep families together how about keep yeah. black families together right like yeah. look at the trends of mass incarceration and look at the fact that you know if you look around charlottesville May- mayor nakaya walker always talks about how if you take black youth and you talk to them and you actually ask them like you you really can't find one black young person around here locally that can't give you an account or an experience from their own family or someone that they know who has been affected by the prison system yeah and so you know i brought that up yesterday and it's just like i believe and i said this in the meeting that we need to see these people as more than just numbers like when you take one person people right as soon as you encounter a person or you initiate an arrest like you are affecting a whole big network of people like a whole family and i feel like since black people have been so dehumanized to the point to where we're not seen as normal people in normal families no one was ever out here you know or for the most part, our allies weren't out here saying keep families together when it comes to mass incarceration. Yeah. So I feel like if we're going to abolish ICE, we have to also work to abolish the police or abolish the state sanction violence that's coming from them. Yeah. And that's breaking apart families and has been breaking apart families for over, what, 400 years yeah. now, right? So, you know, that's my take. That's my tea. But the real reason why we have gathered here today in this in this makeshift studio (laughs) is because we need to talk about how black women built this. Yeah. And when I say black women built this, I mean, black women have built everything. Yeah. Put ourselves on the front lines a lot of times and don't get recognized at all. Like everything overshadows us. And for me, it's not even honestly always about recognition. It's just I want you to acknowledge that black women built this, that we started this, that we labored for this so that you could stand up there and make your speech or so that you could stand up there and receive your award or, you know. Yeah. And so I just feel like it's really trendy right now to pay homage to black women. But what does that actually look like? on a day-to-day basis yeah so what do you, what is your take on the protect respect center black women you know viral I mean, trend i feel like they don't even they don't acknowledge us at all like black women like we're loud we're all these things except for like we're sitting up here fighting for everybody every day like speaking on every day and we get disrespected so bad like snaps we get called so many types of names and still we still are fighting Mm -hmm. every day so like it's crazy still showing up for everyone no matter what i feel that like i literally feel that but for me it's just like i feel like black people are not like we know that we need to address the whole um oppressive patriarchy that exists but like we feel like we can't because it would be destructive to the progress or the success of black men yeah which for me i struggle with personally i have struggled with but now i'm just at the point where i feel like black women have always been you know 
the last people to be picked, you know, when we're talking about jobs, opportunities, or just like the spotlight, but the first person to be blamed. So if something goes wrong, it's always, oh, it was her fault, right? So, or look at the Me Too movement. So what did the woman do? Like, yeah, that's. (laughs) It's the famous thing that they say, like, oh, well, why did she come out all these years Years ago? Years later. I mean, guys, let's really think about why she did what she did. Like, this person is famous. Like, of course, this is the reason why she didn't come out, like, years before. Like, you're calling her types of names, calling her a liar. Like, y'all don't know. And it's also anything. It's like taking a very collective problem and making it personal because the collective issue is the fact that women are never believed, never trusted, and also taken advantage of sexually, socially, politically, economically. And the fact that when they come out with an accusation or when they come out with, you know, saying this happened, this is my story, it's always like it's always backlash it's always pushed back like oh this is not the truth and my real question the fact of everyone's always like well do you think he did it my question is well why would you think he did it why do you think she's lying because you know that's the the unpopular question but there may be there may be some crazy people over here that might lie about it but i mean come on now like this is something serious this is something that they've been dealing with for years and if they are finally getting the confidence to come out about it then like you should shouldn't be like well like why did he didn't do it this and that like just don't do that i also feel like as women like why do we constantly have to give the disclaimer like oh there may be some liars or there may be like i feel like we shouldn't men don't do that right when they're wrong about something or when they are giving a claim or when they're mansplaining or taking you know um, taking a spotlight and g- getting on their soapbox, they don't say, "Well, I just want to give this disclaimer." Like they are very True. just straight yeah. to the point and say what they want to say. So I feel like we should get to the point to where women can feel like we can just say what we want to say yeah. and not have to be like, "Oh, well, there are some women who are lying." Like I feel like you shouldn't have to discredit your story before you present it, and that's a long history of you know, men being in power and having male privilege. Yeah. So I just think that with black women specifically, there is this this notion that as black women rise, black men are falling, and I don't buy that. Yeah. And I think it goes and it goes right in line with the boy crisis, a sociological concept that, you know, men feel like as women gain something as they gain status as they gain progress that they are somehow something is being taken away from them as men as if we can't you know coexist and both have success strong women out here being successful like that's they don't want that like how yeah but even like if they don't want it it's like literally we're taking away from them like we're bringing them down by us succeeding they should think like what can i do to to support yeah like not bark at her or something and be mad about it like what can you do think about it and it's even bigger than that because it's just like why do you feel like someone's taking away from you as they get better like why does female empowerment or you know just getting ahead have to be like a competition like they it's yeah that's a good question but is it mutually exclusive right like i just for me and i know a lot of black women that are like you know black women are doing great but we need to uplift our men and i'm just not with the gender roles yeah (laughs) i'm not with it i'm not with gender roles i don't believe in them i think that they reaffirm the patriarchy that we're trying to smash so i just i don't know for for, and then men are just like oh we're being feminized you know yeah and that's (laughs) that's crazy too and it also exposes some deep 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 black homophobia that is deeply rooted in our churches in our households in the way that we live day to day um that nobody wants to talk about yeah (laughs) yep nobody wants to talk about that right ever right like 
you know, parents love or, you know, adults love to have the conversation of how would you feel if your child came home and said, you know, I'm gay. I'm just like, look, like, why is that a why is yeah. that a conversation that we're why do we have to have that conversation? Like, right. Like, why are y'all are y'all taking notes, like creating a toolkit? Like, I just I don't know. Like, why are you asking me this? But that's that, those are the type of dinner time conversations that we have to with like with being blind to the fact that like sexuality is fluid so you know like the lgbt i like to refer to it as a spectrum and i think that's how many people refer to it as because yeah. it's not like very hard and said it's a spectrum like you can be many different things whatever because, you want right essentially right yeah. whatever you, you want, want not how society defines it not how politics define it but you can be whatever you want because it's yours and it's fluid right so hmm. but back to black women built this and built that and built everything i just feel like black women just we have to always take the back seat and we both went on the seville pilgrimage um and we so the pilgrimage went from we went from Charlottesville to Appomattox to Danville to Greensboro to Charlotte yeah. to Atlanta to Montgomery. to Birmingham yeah, then Birmingham. Montgomery. Yeah, we ended up in Montgomery and then we came all the way back to Charlottesville that long, long, long <laughs> ride. <laughs> but um, it was it was a it was a good time in the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I personally learned, uh, like, a lot. And I kept saying this, like, I learned so much more than I would ever, ever, ever learn in school. Essentially. Like, we, don't, right. we will not learn any of this at school. And I'm, I'm, like, thankful that I went on this trip because I learned a lot. I got a lot of empowerment to do more, mm-hmm. like, than I ever really thought I should. Like, I feel like I should do more. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think... For me, it was just an eye-opening experience because we learn about some of the same um, civil rights figures over and over and over yeah. again. And I, it was nice to see some new ones, but it also, I was just, I was looking through each exhibition that we went to and just really thinking about the fact that for every black man, there wasn't an equivalent number of black women that were being represented. Yeah. And it just made me, the whole week, I was just reflecting on the fact that we have the same thing here in Charlottesville. Like, we have the same thing going on right now. And so, as everybody wants to define our present day situation as being, you know, civil rights um, era number two, well, we're having that same oppressive patriarchy taking the front lead, taking the credit, you know, taking taking everything from black women. Um, And it's it's sad but it's real and like i think my purpose for going on the pilgrimage was just being able to connect back to this bigger and much more national and widespread history of anti-racist work yeah like i wasn't going down there to confirm that white supremacy is everywhere because because i knew that that. right i didn't need to go down there to know that the kkk marched in greensboro yeah like i knew that they marched in Charlottesville and they marched everywhere. But the point is that there there is anti-racist work. There is pushback and resistance coming from black people that's so rich. And it's bigger than just Charlottesville, you know, 2017 yes. Charlottesville. So yeah. that was my purpose of going. What, would, what was your take of the trip? Okay, so like I said before, I guess, but I guess to really learn a lot more, like I said, like you said, um, learning about the same people and just learning about like different people like it was so real like so much on me to like learn about this like it was very emotional to learn about this stuff like we had this one interaction thing where you sit at a table and had like your headphones like the Woolworths counter yeah and you would listen to these white people like yelling at you screaming at you telling you to get up all this other stuff and I was like for me that was like you know these people have been they would deal with this their whole life and now look at today like people are still dealing with that that's an issue with something like 
people really need to like look look at i feel like people just don't they don't think they don't really see what's going on right in front of them like in charlottesville they don't see like this has been happening for years not just august 12th not just like that one time like white supremacy has been happening for years years and years and it will still continue to happen unless we do something about it and not just we like not black people yeah because yes. we didn't do this right, right yeah. black women did not build this we built yeah, everything yeah. else but we did not build white supremacy then black women putting their bodies on the, the line, line. Yep. to deconstruct and to tear down this looming 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 concept and thing that is plaguing our society which is white supremacy but also white complicity and white people centering their whiteness you know over and over and over and over again it's emotionally yes. taxing it's draining and i have no time for it yeah <laughs> like yeah <laughs> i have no time no energy and i have nothing else because it's just it's it's so exhausting it is like our trip was it was like that like we had this trip that was turned into like some of these news outlets or whatever else they were making it about something else that it wasn't like we're going to go get this soil we're gonna have a soil gathering and all the other stuff this is about john henry james don't get it confused right don't this is about john henry james in the long history of white supremacy this is not about august 12th right yeah that had that was not the center of whatever we were worried about somebody somebody that didn't have a family somebody like nobody was there for him right and so that was our role to hold space and to create space to honor his life they said bringing him home to the rest of his brothers and sisters that were killed and endured the same pain and trauma in this country and so i feel like we can't keep my whole thing is with charlottesville post a12 since everybody wants to use that as the um what is it like the preface for every conversation post a12 charlottesville what we cannot continue to do is get it wrong like we cannot continue to get it wrong and get it wrong and get it wrong because we don't have much time this window of opportunity to really make an impact um and really get in where we fit in to tear down this big thing and this big concept and just this i don't even know how to describe white supremacy because it's it's like a spirit to to tear down this spirit and this system of white supremacy we historically we know that there are facets of time where we can make big impacts and i feel like yeah charlottesville right now we are in our facet of time and we have to act strategically yes and we have to take different angles we can't keep doing the same thing over and over again we can't rely on just the university to take charge because as we know they still don't pay their employees a living wage so we can't we can't constantly rely on the government right to take action because look who we have in our very highest office so it's like it's it's really gonna come down to essentially white people fighting white supremacy they need to check each other (laughs) on centering their whiteness because if a black woman black women built this if we have to continue to check white people on centering their whiteness then I mean, it's tiring. It's not. It's not our job, right? It's, like, it's, it's really not. not our job. It's not. So I don't want to hear anything about. Well, let's just sit down and and talk explain. to Nazis. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm good. Love and joy. Like we're not doing that. Okay. I'm good. Love and joy. Yes, sis. I'm not. We're not having a concert. We're not having a prayer walk. lord i think i just stepped on some toes jesus (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) but look i'm just keeping it 100 what we're we really what we really need to do is though for real for real center the most marginalized folks that's that has been my biggest thing since august 12th and i mean that don't that doesn't just look like centering me because i mean i don't have all the answers yeah and people constantly ask me what do i think what can i do to help (laughs) what can i like can i show up and i mean yes i can show up but i have a whole like 
you know how many students there are that go to my school yeah. like there are so many of us that could show up right and there are so many of us that have different experiences and I have had to understand that I am in a different position than so many other people who I'm trying to um who I'm trying to help represent and amplify their voices. So that is going to take for me to actually get out of my comfort zone, whatever that may be, and really get out and get exposed to some different experiences, you know, different people, and really open up my mind and open up my preconceived notions to accept, you know, and to learn new things. And blackness is not a monolith, so... I mean, just my story alone does not speak for all black girls yes, my age. because a lot of them think that, like, they're like, I've and I've seen people come up to you and do that. And I'm just like, you know, there's a lot of other black girls on this there trip. Are. There and, are. Or just at this school and whatever else, like... And I'm, and I, I really have been trying to check myself on that because I am, I really believe in sharing the mic and making sure that other people are getting the same opportunities to let their voices be heard. And so I'm really trying to work on something right now that is going to amplify different voices because there are so many dope voices. And just my goal is really to try to help connect other people to young black girls and young black boys who are trying to do this work too, but don't know how to get started because it can be very, it's intimidating when we got not, you know, we got white supremacists out here, Nazis and they're threatening and you know, they, they want to do harm to to your body. And (laughs) like, it's it's hard hard to know where you want to get in, where you want to fit in and what you want your role to be in this very um, confusing and taxing um, situation, essentially. So my goal this summer is to to really just connect with different people who I haven't connected with before. I think the pilgrimage was a good opportunity. I mean, you yeah. and Kishana are my friends, and I've known y'all for a long time. Yeah. I've known Althea for a long time, so it was nice to have all of us in that space together to experience that together. And, and I've met some new people that I... I'm usually not the person to go ahead and talk to people. So, I mean, I've met some different types of people. Like, we talked, whatever. We talked about high school, all the other stuff, and kind of got out of my comfort zone. So, it's just like doing more of that. And, yeah, and that's what's needed, right? And we're all part of the leadership team for the Black Student Union at CHS. And, you know, this is going to be our senior year. So there's a lot that we want to get done. But I feel like it was important for our group in particular to experience that together because now we can take some of that information back. Yeah. I mean, the Equal Justice Initiative gave us some great information. Yes. I looked in that packet Girl, and I said... I, even, I said, I have to start reading this right now. <laughs> I, know, I know. I was like, no wonder it was five pounds because we have like seven yes. reports and they are thorough. Yeah, I was like, I need to read this, like, ASAP. I was like, you know, I'm going to start getting into this reading this because I feel like that's more information, more knowledge that I can get in my head. Like, Right. And have it as your, under your tool belt because somebody's always going to try to be like, oh, challenge reverse your, racism yeah. is a thing. And you could be like, no, sis, because blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah. don't try it. And that's what I make sure that, you know, we're getting the information out to everybody. Um, that's and what so. I- Starting with my, like, from this trip, I started with my family, like, right. telling them everything that I experienced, all that other stuff, mm-hmm. and then working my way out, like. And that's real. And that's what I went, I was like, you know what, this experience has been, like, amazing. I have to tell them. I was excited to come home <laughs> and tell them, like, yeah. mom, this is what I learned, like. It was just like I got, I got to tell people, and then some even some people on the trip were texting me like, "Where are y'all at? What are y'all doing?" Like, dang, I wish I would have came and stuff. And I was like, "Look, I can tell you this information though about like, yeah, what yeah, we were doing. I can send you a link, babe." Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, for real. I think it was just it was a life changing experience. I mean, you'll never, we'll never be with that same group again. And you know, everybody in that group, it was just, it was, it was nice. It was a different dynamic. We had so many different uh, groups and, you know, communities, quote unquote, in our community that were represented on those buses. And I think that that was the most beautiful part about it. I listened to like 
some of the people's like problems they were having like mm-hmm. never met them before i'm hearing and talking to them about their problems and stuff learning like different people that i didn't even know like were in the community learning about their stories what they do it was just it was nice and it was nice to have a good mix of people from the university and from the community yes um i i would I would like to see more black youth get involved with these efforts, but it was nice to see quite a few because, I mean, for so many times, I can just say that I am the youngest person in the room. And so to get other young people in there, I think that's important. Yeah, I think and a lot of people realize like, wow, there's these teenagers on this trip, these kids on this trip. Like, I think if we got a lot of more students involved, that would be like, it would be awesome. I think, yeah, because it's never been a question about our youth, our youth interested, right? Because we know these movements, the civil rights movement, all of that started with youth. Yeah. So it's just like young college students, young people, young people in their 20s, young people in their early 30s. Like, so it's never been a question of are we interested? It's like, can we get some resources? Yeah. Can you help us mobilize and organize? Can you give us space? Can you give us your energy? Can you support us? Like, that's always been a question um and so yeah i essentially i went out of the shenandoah valley if that's what we are in for a few days and (laughs) all hell broke loose i ain't got my voice right back (laughs) i'm congested um but we still had a good time i honestly my biggest struggle too is we're rolling up on college applying time so stressful everybody every five seconds wants to know where am i going (laughs) experiencing that on the trip like oh what grade are you in where are you college i'm like look sis (laughs) i don't know are you paying application fees (laughs) like please pay for them please (laughs) but yeah um for me it's like trying to everybody's like where do i want to go what do I want to do? do? <laughs> That's the main question they ask is, what do you want to do? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of things I can do. <laughs> right. So. What can I do? But <laughs> it was <laughs> it was cool to be on a trip with some HBCU um, grads and just to yeah like to, to get to know them, to ask them about their experiences at HBCUs because, I mean, honestly... I've never, like, most of my counselors in the past um, haven't told me to look at HBCUs. It's always been focused on PWIs. And so for me, it was nice to see some dope black women and black men who went to... stories about the HBCUs that they went to. I was like, Right, and giving us, you know, planting those seeds so that we can go do our own research, but also giving us good stories. Because on Twitter, like, with the whole Howard situation or, like, Norfolk State, you know, sometimes when we see it, we see the negative. And so it's nice to hear the positive. Um, And so I'm looking forward to following up with some of the people that we met. I think we met I met three black women dope all of them were dope I met Jasmine um I think it's uh Ashley and shoot I'm gonna forget a name (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna forget a name I don't want to forget I don't want to forget um it was Ashley Jasmine and I think Geronda I believe it was Geronda Jeronda was really nice. I really liked her. I really like Ashley told me about Claflin, and Jasmine was telling me about Howard. Howard. Yeah, I was right. there for that conversation. It was yeah. She was. It was really nice. I mean, she graduated. All that. Yeah, and she was telling us just like different fun aspects about Howard and why it's unique. Um, so that was dope. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the pilgrimage. I think that. You know, aside from the, you know, the small things, um, you know, people trying to center their whiteness. I mean, our little, what was it? The little thing in Danville. Yeah. Oh, we should have talked about that. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me get the, let me get the record straight while we, (laughs) right right here. Okay. So let me tell y'all about what happened in Danville. If you saw the daily progress, um, 
So they showed this very uh, glamorizing of the Lost Cause narrative type video. Yeah. Um, and it was about the Sutherland family who owned, I believe, owned the property that we were visiting. Yes. Um, that had been now turned into a museum. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> So they show the video. It's like 14 minutes long. It's, it's like, like all the stuff that he, the, the man has done. Like he, yeah. did this, like, you know, like she said, it was like glamorizing what he did. But I'm like, trying to look up more about the site. Um, yeah, because we can give you a little bit more information. Yeah, we didn't look at any of the stuff there because oh, I didn't really yeah, look we, at. We didn't look at any of that. So, so yeah, so they, they glamorized the fact that Jefferson Davis, uh, like, stayed in the rear bedroom upstairs and, yeah. you know, just talked about the, the beautiful... But not who, not who built, who built that <laughs> like, stuff? <laughs> not who built it. But just, like, glamorizing this house and, you know, just glamorizing the Confederacy. Mind you, I don't know if they remember, but we are on a civil rights pilgrimage, but also... This is after everybody was sweating out their edges yeah. at Appomattox. <laughs> yes. Everybody was sweating out their edges at Appomattox, listening to them talk about why... Put yourself in their shoes, and I'm like, I'm good, sis. I'm good. Put yourself in uh, Robert E. Lee and Grant's shoes. I was like, no. Jesus. I don't want to be in their shoes. I'm good. I don't. I, I don't, don't want to be in their boots. <laughs> I don't. In their Gucci flip-flops. I don't want to. So... <laughs> So, yeah, they, we went to Appomattox before this, and then this was our second stop of the day. Yeah. And so I feel like day one was all about the Confederacy. But anywho, um, they showed this long video. And in the video, they didn't even want to call slavery what it was. They kept yeah. calling it, like, la- black labor or something like that. And I was just like, slaves. Mm, uh, this is a spicy take. So I was like, mm. so you know what? That movie came to an end. <laughs> And we had to let and me we know. had to have a conversation about it because we were not going to let anything go unaddressed. So <laughs> we had, you know, people express their concerns over the video and how it just seemed a little tone deaf. Mind you, this is July 8th. This is the afternoon of July 8th. Exactly one year ago, yes. these people that you are, you know, romanticizing were using that same cause and the KKK members with some of them with their hoods on which is illegal but that's another story yes were in Justice Park formerly known as Justice Park I think it's now called Court Square Park as of last night um (laughs) were in the park having their KKK rally and so to us or to quite a few of us on the trip it felt a bit tone deaf and inconsiderate and just way off and to show it's a sunday and we came in on a sunday and we gave you cookies and treats and i was like girl girl that don't matter like yeah i was like i I, I didn't even eat the treats so (laughs) (laughs) jokes on you (laughs) but like you know she wasn't taking it too well and stuff yeah she she wasn't taking it well and i think I, I don't regret the way it was handled, but what I do regret is the media um, or the reporter coming in there talking about some tempers briefly flare. Yeah. Ain't no tempers. We are addressing something, and if we want to address it how we want to address it, but I wouldn't call it. See, my whole thing with that whole headline is continuing to push the angry black people narrative. Yes. Yes, because they was making this, like, we was just crazy up in there raising hell whatever else literally we were told that we were raising hell yeah by a fellow pilgrimage traveler but okay yeah we're not gonna talk about that no we're not (laughs) but fast um, forward black women built that one but i'm just yeah where's my water here it is (laughs) (laughs) 16 (laughs) but like no it's summertime we gotta keep our skin clear we gonna sip water (laughs) you right but like yeah this is it was just like, no, we won't sit up here being like this whole angry black woman. It wasn't, man, it wasn't a temper tantrum at all. Yeah, and so I just think that. with local media, they continue to do that to drive their ratings up. And, you know, people was already hating on the pilgrimage from their couches. So for them to <laughs> for them to open up the daily progress or to scroll past it on like, their see, Facebook. See, this is what I was talking about. Yeah, these black people, they always want to go raise hell or be, oh, I'm thinking I'm not this. I like this is why 
when they be trying to make it seem like we all angry black people up in there, I don't even be reading the comments because they be having me Girl. like, if I had a wig, the wig would have fell off, Ooh. flew off, everything, because I would have just been done with them. I just with feel like the media continues to give the racists what they want. And my response to that is no platform for white supremacy, no platform for white supremacy, no platform for white supremacy. So if you want to keep pushing the both sides, all sides narrative and yeah. subtle racism and subtle white supremacy, then you can take that over there. Also, we forgot to mention that. What was it? The Daughters of... Oh, they was getting to it yes <laughs> can't forget about that the united daughters of the com- this is the real tea about yes. the site in danville so where according to the daily progress uh tempers briefly flared <laughs> this is also where the united daughters of the confederacy uh have their meetings i believe like this yeah. is their like headquarters or something so in danville. they still happen to be there while we were there <laughs> I, yeah i don't know if there was a representative Somebody, upstairs but i believe yeah. that they still utilize the space in the upstairs part of that location yes. so it was just was like this is it not, was a lot it was a layered experience it was a lot for me to process mind you again this is july 8th um 2018 exactly one year after july 8th 2017 where the kkk was rallying in what is now known as court square park so it was just it was a lot but i think overall i took a lot from the pilgrimage um and I'm excited to write something about it. And whatever mm-hmm. I write, I will share with y'all um, when it comes out, when it drops. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to talk with the other youth. I think we're going to do a part two to this podcast episode with Althea and Kishana. Um, and I'm also looking forward to sit down and talk with Tanisha, whose um, trailer just came out. Yes. Did you watch? It's good. I haven't watched it yet, but I've it's seen good. I seen something about it. I heard her talking about it, so I it's need to good. really look at the trailer. It's good. Y'all gotta watch it. Um, I, said, I think know, I will. Black women are amazing. Black They're women excellent. built this. <laughs> I think her I'm making gonna... trailers and stuff. I'm gonna put the trailer to her uh, documentary in the comments or in the description of this episode. But yeah, I think all this to say that we just need to genuinely be real in our efforts to support and uplift and amplify jesus christ black women (laughs) black women um because you know our voices are important and they're overshadowed but also it's important to note that uh transgender women of color specifically black transgender women are overshadowed um you know they are not ever given a platform for the most part and honestly when every time a black transgender woman is murdered Murdered, either by the police or you know just in general we it never makes the news and that's upsetting and it's like i want to know about this stuff going on so that we can call it out yeah i'm like we can't call nothing out that we don't see if we're not like if the news where the person got killed at it's not even putting it in the news and stuff and then it's not spreading like we're not gonna know anything about it and I wouldn't like to know about this stuff like that's a it's a big issue it's important it's I don't know why that. And we need to continue to call out all forms of white supremacy and and that's white supremacy too um and so I just feel like a sin like Honestly, people are not going to center people who they don't see value in. So I think the bigger issue is that there need people need to see the value and need to start giving honor and value to black women. Because yes. the problem roots not back to sharing the mic, not to the amount of interviews that we're getting, but to the respect and to just the acknowledgement that black women are getting as people, like as humans and as people who are doing great things, yes. aside from the, the fact that they are black women, yes. which can be used to try to discredit their success. Like, oh, they're doing good for a black woman. Like, no, they're doing equally as good as any white man. Not even or like not even with work, just like them themselves like oh you're cute could for a black woman like or for all, a black girl like all this stuff is just like again it's, it's just blind yes. to the fact and ignorant to the fact that black women built this and you know they gave birth to the babies yeah who continued to fuel this institution of slavery and black women were raped by like by their masters and you know it's just like 
there's a long history of the disrespect and the and degradation people, of black women. How do you not like I I've had some people, teachers, whatever, do like say things like, Well, I mean, at that time it wasn't rape, whatever. It does not matter. It's, what do you mean? Like, like rape girl, has always been rape. Yeah, I'm like, no matter what time you were I don't even know what she was talking about, but I was like, look. Call it what it is. It's not right. like no matter what. There's power they knew, in calling things what they yeah. are. I'm like, we need to people. I'm gonna call it how it is. I don't know why. Well, and everyone to, should. Yeah. Like, like, I don't understand why we tiptoe around things. Like, well, look, I'm not I'm doing not, any not, more tiptoeing, sliding, shuffling into the right, to the left, to the right, <laughs> to the left. I'm not doing no more of that. <laughs> what we're we're going to, you know, continue to black women are just going to continue to reclaim our time and take up spaces that are rightfully ours. And so you don't have to like it, but you're going to see it and you're going to see more of it. And so I just suggest that you move out of the way move out of the way because it's gonna happen yes (laughs) and it is it is our time whether you like it or not whether you are suffering with the boy crisis and you feel like black women's success is taken away from yours i'm sorry sir but it is time so either get with it or get left (laughs) right yes um and you know this has been a long long episode so i think that's gonna be (laughs) that's gonna be it Hey, Kiki, do you love me? Are you running? <laughs> you didn't even join in. I'm sorry. Forget you. I was um, going to play the song. Oh, okay. You know, right. Hey, hey, hey. Kiki. Do you love me? Are you hiding? Hey, hey. Trinity, you so ratchet. I can't. I can't. Okay. Okay. I can't bring you back. Y'all, Trinity not coming back. But (laughs) just kidding. She's about to do the whole. Y'all, she about to stand up and do the dance right here. This black women built this ratchetness. (laughs) Don't do Don't do get it right (laughs) yes this was trinity alexandria in the building tonight i'm so thankful that she came through to chat with me for a little while and any closing comments sorry let me stop this is a clean podcast i know know. we can't say that um any closing comments no not really peace out anything coming up that we should talk about I'm thinking of. I feel of, like any. Is there anything? Did we miss anything? Mm. I don't know. This is use the hashtag hashtag from A to Z on Twitter and Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. Um, tell your friends. Send the link to everybody you know. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you. Tanisha wants to do a podcast, so I'll probably see y'all sooner than I usually <laughs> would. <laughs> I'm hoping to record with her sometime this week, so I will talk back, chat with y'all soon. The end.